Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. The movies are back. Oh, we're back at the movies. (laughs) Movies are kind of back. Yeah. They're technically back. The movies are technically back. Where we're at right now, living in our uh, little hovel up here in Northern California, the movies are back. Movies are back. And we're back at the movies. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. And my favorite uh, old theater the Third Street Cinemas has not and may not reopen, which that we one, kind of expected. Yeah, and that was my favorite little spot to go to see shitty movies that I did not want to pay full big theater price for. Exactly. So I wait for the second run every week. I would excitedly check what was <laughs> playing at the Third Street to find out which garbage I was seeing or potentially good movie that I had just missed. There's always a hidden gem in there. Right? Always. Yeah. Always. That was the best part. And oftentimes it was not uncommon that I would see two movies in Third Street. They they encourage sneaking there, is <laughs> exactly. what I've gathered. They don't. They didn't. They didn't discourage. <laughs> they certainly it. didn't discourage it ever. They didn't make it difficult. They were probably really happy that I pick up my garbage, right? Exactly. And uh, don't leave any mess. And it's basically like a person was not there. I'm the Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I was never there. Especially in, a, in an age of <laughs> pandemic. Guys, the least you could do is take out what you bring in. Yeah. You know, it's and like so camping. I, so I think that was made me a favorite of the Third Street uh, staff. And sure. so they, they fucking hated you. Now, I, yeah, they hated this asshole that paid $4, never bought any just concessions, hung saw like six hours. Saw three movies. <laughs> yeah, he's still here. Showed up halfway through Aquaman, laughed like De Niro in, in Problem Child. <laughs> Worst Wait, guy. De Niro and Problem Watching Child. Watching Problem Child in uh, Cape oh. Fear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he loves John the layers Ritter. of that reference got um, me. They got me. So I loved going to just whatever was at Third Street. And I found so many that I loved. It's why it became my favorite little like weekday afternoon solo. Right adventure because it's like three bucks <laughs> yeah right i just sneak in my bag of popcorn like a sandwich well, you're not sneaking anything you know? in you could have a neon sign on that bag and they and wouldn't care <laughs> so many times i would just be the only person in a movie it was great let me watch alita battle angel alone uh, aside from like the few guys sleeping in the back there could they... be some nappers you get nappers <laughs> you get napping but so one they of these movies you. that i saw with nobody else <laughs> Just a load on a on a Wednesday at five was Escape Room. Right, this is a couple years. This is ago. a couple years ago, and uh, let's take you back to a time. Let me take you back to 2019. <laughs> but this is one of those movies that I was not seeing at like the downtown Roxy mm-hmm. recliner seat theater. Mm-hmm. I wasn't paying ten bucks to see Escape Room. Sorry, Escape Room. I'd see. I'd pay three seventy five to see Escape Room though, alone. That's great. <laughs> And I had no idea what escape room was. I have never participated in any escape room adventure. Mm. Have you ever been to an escape room? I uh, The only time I've done an escape room is I was writing an article for one uh, that came out in Sebastopol. 
So you're paid to do an escape. And they made me like I was like, "Uh, I'm good. You know, you just tell me about it. And they're like, no, I think you should really do it. (laughs) And so they made you experience the attraction. But the the fun of the escape room, as I'm to understand it, is that a group of maybe four to six friends get together and get to like have fun together working out clues. Right. Where I, as a journalist, was just in an escape room by myself (laughs) on a Wednesday going, okay, okay, I could see where. Okay, cool. Oh yeah. So this panel opens up. All right. Okay. Uh huh. You're solo and like escape and room. with with the escape You're room one time is alone. But no, I wasn't alone. I had the escape room designer in the room with okay. me, help watching me. Oh wow! You had the entire and and then I'd have to go. Is that up. like meeting the Tyrell Corp? It was a really fun. It was really Blade fun. Runner. It was really fun. But okay. yeah, it was basically like yeah. Because it was all this kind of old timey, like steampunk kind of theme. Sure. So he's got, got a pocket Escape watch. Escape rooms, inherently steampunk. And then I'd have to be like, oh, okay, so like I would turn some knobs over here. Uh huh. Okay, I get it. It's just like you try turning the other so, knob. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> so that's my escape. Room. Okay. So I've never done one. I don't have four to six friends. Let <laughs> right. alone four to six friends that's that the, all want to get locked in that's a room the opening together. obstacle. Yeah, we've solved puzzles in video games, you and I, Absolutely. but we've never been trapped in a room doing it. And so I didn't know what escape room was about, but I went in going assuming escape rooms. I and mean, you, you get it, yeah. right? You get, you know the concept. And I really liked the first escape room. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a PG thirteen saw. Where they get these people in an escape room in each room. It's like Cube, but oh, not yeah, as yeah, esoteric. Yeah. Exactly. It's with like <laughs> actual like, all right, give me that number. Okay, turn this dial that way. It's like actual escape room shit. Not like there's a bear trap over your face. <laughs> and yeah, it's PG-13, which it was a mega success. This movie made $150 million. Mm. Off of, you know, like a $10 million budget. So, Kids love obviously, there was rooms. good. Yeah, this is the kind of. We've talked about Conjuring and these kind of movies that are clearly being aimed at teenage horror audiences. Right, right. And Escape Room is a different, you know, niche of that. Mm-hmm. It's not outright horror, but there is kind of a deeper psychological horror element to this series than you would expect. I am now a full... Because I expect zero. Because you expect none. <laughs> you expected none of it so, from Escape Even room. a glimpse is uh, more than I would expect. The first one is is ridiculous in a way that was always very fun. Mm-hmm. I I was the weird guy kind of like chuckling to himself alone in this... Uh, I, I don't know if it was the screen with, that's all like kind of torn up yeah, yeah. at 3rd Street, but I was... Definitely me, just a weirdo in there, like guy napping Mike in the back, being like, "What the fuck's wrong yeah, with this what guy?" Is this guy? <laughs> Into escape room, but you know, so it is really just as it sounds. There's escape rooms; they are tougher than average. There's an element of like, "Wait a minute, this is real." You know, mm. that kind of thing has to you go through all of it, but it's good, it's fun. And then there's the mid movie twist where you're like, "We were all brought here." Like, we were summoned to be here. We didn't end up here by accident. We were chosen. So then it goes into, why were we chosen? And, you know, sure. you've seen these. They got, they got a pad an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and so this now, currently beautiful in movie, <laughs> this gorgeous film ends on one of those twists that made me do an out loud reaction in the theater. 
Hmm. Because by the final five minutes, it turns into a full-on born supremacy taking down the escape room corporation movie. Oh, wow. Like two of the survivors of the escape room meet at like a bistro in New York. And the girl sits down and lays out blueprints. (laughs) This is in just like a, you know, six months later prologue after you think they solve the escape room. Right. It's not just a mid-credits cameo for the next one. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they they escape. They kill a guy who's at a, you know, TV screen control panel that looks like he's controlling the whole thing. Kill him. (laughs) This is the prologue. Uh And they're like, we're taking him down. It's like, what? They're going to infiltrate the Escape Room Corporation's headquarters. That's the teaser for Escape Room 2. I was in. They took it fast and the furious in the final (laughs) five minutes of this movie. Right. And I was into it. So now, Escape Room (laughs) Tournament of Champions is in theaters. And I, again, go in knowing nothing about it. But with a title like Tournament of Champions, I assume there was going to be a competitive escape room element. Sounds like a Hunger Games thing happening, right? Sounds like it's going... They're bringing the best of the best. uh I assume it was going straight in a dystopian Hunger Games direction, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't as into it. Let me tell you what I am into. The direction that escape room TOC goes in (laughs) is incredible. So I went to this movie. We oh, we saw another uh, smash hit that we're going to talk about in a bit. We will. Old. We will, yeah. But I kind of did a classic Third Street bookend, which is where I see the first 45 minutes of one movie, see an entire different movie, and then catch the next last 45 minutes of the first movie on its next screening. Chaotic. Yeah. People would call my... that chaotic. That's my, you know, but that's how you do it. You you can't just sit through two plus hours of that bad Godzilla movie <laughs> that came you gotta out. Switch it you up. You got to watch like an hour first and mm-hmm. then a second hour. Like it goes way better. And so I did a bookend of Escape Room Tournament of Champions in the first forty five of this minute. I couldn't stop thinking and talking about Escape Room when you showed up to see old with me. Yeah. I think I was just jabbering about Escape Room. I thought you for would, like ten minutes. I thought you did drugs. I was like, did Eric do drugs? <laughs> I was riding Eric, a high off Eric of this escape like he's room. on drugs right Man, now. <laughs> let me tell you the direction they go in. This is brilliant. This is so much bigger and cooler and better than I was expecting from this sequel. We go back to these same two people that were going to take down the corporation. Okay, we still got them. We still have them. They're the returning stars. I also assumed it would just move on to new unseen escape rumors right exactly. like new kids just this is just a new crop yeah new crop the best of the best we'll learn about them as we go sure thought it was going to be that's what the saw movies usually do right a lot of slashers a lot of that. a lot sure. of exactly and this is our two escapees mm. our two survivalists from the first one and they are now living a life <laughs> of terror oh no they this is such <laughs> A psychological like, horror movie something. where they are haunted constantly by everything in their brain being an escape room. Uh, they got so deep into that. the escape room, everything around them is an escape room. They Every number they see is a code. Every <laughs> door, like, they are haunted constantly. 
They're going crazy. And so the first, like, 45 minutes of this movie is this psychological torture movie. Like, they have mm. escape room PTSD. Where it's like they keep... Do they flash back? Or is they ha- like- There's a lot of, like, effective nightmare scenes mm-hmm. where they're on a, you know, in a hotel room. And suddenly the walls start collapsing in on them. And it's like, the hotel room's an escape room. <laughs> and it's like, it's really intense shit. Like, it's really, there's some intense stuff for a PG-13 hmm. teen horror movie. Uh, these, once you're dealing with their mental trauma and seeing them have these kind of breakdowns and not really able to, like, even live on their own anymore because they've been so damaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I was just PTSD. getting really wrapped up into the escape room universe Apparently. now that I'm a two-time the theater patron. yeah. I'm a full escape head now. But <laughs> I was still, really still drawing... Still not going to go to one. It, no, I still have <laughs> zero interest. I mean, that's the one thing. These movies aren't going to make me more interested in going into an right. escape room. I didn't buy a Camaro after watching a Fast and Furious movie. Right. I'm watching the horror that escape rooms have inflicted on the psyches is, of these people. Right. This is a warning. I, there's out. these great horror movies that have really done something with PTSD of trauma. Stuff like Jacob's Ladder mm. or uh, Death Dream, you know, the old Bob Clark one, mm. really put some hard Vietnam uh, PTSD into the brains of a horror movie. And this one was giving me those same, like, these people went through a mental, physical trauma. They had people, they had to let people die. You know, they had to choose yeah. who died. They had to make that choice several times. These were essentially POWs situation. And now they're dealing with the very real mental anguish of all that. And then they're proven right. Ah. This company has been following them. This people, it's it's a total when a stranger calls back situation. The conspiracy was real. Yeah. Their trauma, they were not imagining these things. These codes they were still seeing. Their whole world is an escape room. Shit. And so then the whole movie switches. It takes this crazy turn, and uh, it does go less... It goes more away from the idea of being haunted by your tragic escape room experience. Right. Which I thought was a genuinely brilliant... Then they're just in an escape room. Then they're just in more complicated escape rooms. Mm -hmm. And they still do twists. There's a lot of talk about, like, coordinates. (laughs) A lot of them are... These are... One thing you got to understand... All right, I'm listening. This is the tournament of champions. That's what I was going to say. This Wh- is the cream the of the start? crop. Mm-hmm. So that's one uh, misleading thing. There is no ranked tournament ever in this. I'm out. So there's nothing like that. That's total bullshit. But it is <laughs> quickly revealed in the very genuinely great, is this real? Is this a dream? Is this actually turning into an escape room on a subway car scene? <laughs> oh, I was gr- going to say subway escape yeah. room. Like, they go to New York to, to take down the Minos Corporation. Uh, Minos. Minos, which gets said like a lot. <laughs> a lot of Minos talk in amongst the coordinates. So also know. a lot of talk about the game. A lot of hmm. playing the game. A lot of what the game is doing to you. And a lot of philosophizing about the game. That's weird. A lot of nature of the game talk. I don't really a lot re- of game theory. I don't relate the game with escape room lingo. Like, I guess, I guess it all, is a game. It's a game to them, man. <laughs> it's a life. <laughs> the escape room chose them. They there didn't choose escape room life. They were lured by Minos. So, yeah, it's a big subway car reveal. It's great. 
So you get a whole subway escape. It's just a series from there of very dangerous escape rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, is there a cliffhanger at the end of this one? Like, are we looking at chapter three, like so, escape room in space? Maybe I have not seen the first escape room since escape I saw room it. Room Parabellum. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen the first escape room since I saw it at Third Street, but I seem to remember it ending with you know the blueprints. We're taking them down. Their headquarters are in Manhattan because she followed the coordinates. Coordinates found in different codes. Sure, sure. Oh yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Duh. As you do, as you do in the game. And then in when you're playing the game, you gotta look for the codes. Gotta find the clues. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I could have sworn it ended with her on an airplane, like she was flying to New York. Okay. And as I was sitting there watching Escape on Room, September I was like, 11th. is the airplane going to be an escape room airplane? Ooh. Uh-huh. Escape uh-huh. Plane. But now this movie ends with the airplane becoming an escape room movie. Oh. So now my brain Wait, is... What? I do. Now it, I'm confused. Like, now they're setting up now the third one. Now it is one, an airplane. Because now she is flying. She had this whole fear of flying thing that they deal with <laughs> also. We're getting into all the characters, you know, and what they mean to each other. Uh, there's some good twists in that, who's working for who, that kind of stuff. Okay, okay. A lot of keeping up the pace kind of thing. Filling 90 minutes very admirably. Sure. For an escape room sequel. Uh, I like it more than a lot of this other, you know, teen Maze Runner Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff that's really right. popular. Uh, this is pretty entertaining. Pretty good uh, bang for your buck on the matinee okay. feature. And then, so after I was all <laughs> hopped up on, they're haunted Flying by their high. escape room. Like, I was very excited for the class the story was given. Rather than, yeah, here's another. You thought those escape rooms were crazy? These also have fire. Sure. That's what I thought, you know, that... Right, more gruesome death. Why would I expect anything more than that? They went for it, though. Yeah, they really went for it and made it a cool thing. And so, the movie we actually were there to see that I met you for... Uh-huh, uh-huh. ...was the new Shyamalan. Old. Old. Which is like, a, you know, that's one of the other big-budget horror movie that's out at theaters I now. guess so. It's a, it's one of the bigger... And you, you kind of hit on a, a, a thing earlier that... Mm. <laughs> Tell me what at I a certain did well. point this decade when you and i were talking critics kind of collectively felt bad or okay. maybe going a little yeah, yeah. hard on on m night Shyamalan at a certain point and so there was kind of a softening on some of his recent mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh you know a, a lot of stuff about this works however it's, Whereas for right. a while it became a like a real dunk contest. It's like judges on like a kids contest show where they're like, <laughs> "You did really well in all of these places." Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we Shyamalan's one of those guys. Like, I'm you know, we could do a whole episode on. Sure. What, how many? He's got a dozen movies. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are excellent. Uh, he's one of those guys. Some of them when, are the worst movies you've ever he's seen. He's now been it's doing crazy. this for so long that when you look and actually think that, like, oh man, have I seen more Shyamalan movies in the theater than like so any many. other director? I've seen so many <laughs> for a guy that I don't really think from, about. Like, from Sixth Sense yeah. through like Lady in We're the Water, twenty five years through. Man. You know, this guy's worked yeah. a lot. It's it's crazy. And one of my favorite all-time experiences, seeing signs on opening night oh, sure. with a full crowd of yes, really eager, same. into it people. Same. One of my least favorite experiences, seeing <laughs> Lady in the Water 
And everyone just going like, really? <laughs> just a this collective is a movie now? upset crew. <laughs> just Or like leaving the village and just hearing people in the hallway out the theater going like, that was the twist? <laughs> that was it? Really, it's just, we're leaving 42nd Street here. Just, You're just doing a whole Tony and Tina's oh, wedding situation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on You're with this crowd sh- background? Okay, so at over this here. point, I, it's part of a feature of Shyamalan. This is an actual experience where it's been such an established thing. There's always this little buzz in the theater where everybody seeing an M. Night Shyamalan movie, especially if it's the first week it's been out. Right. Kind of knows if they're going to see something good or be really disappointed. They're ready for anything. Everybody right. kind of knows they're going to collectively have this like, oh, sure. Well, that's what happened. Okay. Like he, he hit so hard in the first like three movies yeah. that people were like, this is the new guy. This is it. This is our new, the, you know, I don't know, Craven or we've, whoever. We've right? talked about the, the Tarantino hype. Right. Which was where he was everywhere. He was guest oh, yeah. appearing in getting acting gigs. and But that Sixth Sense movie, man. Sixth Sense was so big. That thing played in the theater for like 18 months in like the mid-90s. I think Sixth 90s. Sense was when, Just when spoilers really crossed over into mainstream society. Totally. That's when it really became an everyman And you thing. know what? I had that movie spoiled for me. in Because really? I, I was in high that. school and a guy, you know, one day was talking about it. Still went and saw it. Still one of the best movies yeah. of like the 90s. Yeah, but Such you know, a good nobody, movie. I mean, I was able to avoid hearing that at the end of it, Sally Field was Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I avoided that. Wait. Yeah. Sometimes I don't remember the end of the movie. Well, it's funny how his, like, his twist just turned into like, oh, it's just something else. <laughs> it's kind of it's the... It's not an actual um, twist. He's he's like that m- more talented street musician mm-hmm. that like comes up and does something like really cool and you're like oh wow 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 cool but then you're like having your meal and like he's done his sixth trick mm. and it's just like my god or we yeah. are locked in a battle of if I how much I have to tip a street musician to get him right to go when away. you see a guy do like an amazing guitar solo or you see a comedian riffing <laughs> on something but yeah. then like six months later like oh that's just they just do that every night right oh, okay cool and. That's so, kind yeah, of that. I'm, so, but yeah, people went so hard on him after the happening, which I saw in theaters on opening <laughs> night, that like it started to it started to feel personal. Yeah, people were like, "The brand, this guy sucks." Yeah, <laughs> at making movies, the brand was really soured. And after you were like, the "Oh!" Happening. And then he started making like bad Will Smith movies and like the Airbender movie that everyone yeah. hates. And you're just yeah, like, yeah. "What are you doing, bro?" So when he finally came back to like, all right, we're just doing these like simple horror movies again. I, I or got we're really back uh, into the glass universe again. Like people started being like, you know what? I he's a good guy. I went uh, probably a decade without either seeking out or enjoying when I did mm-hmm. one of his movies. Pretty much from I liked The Village, even yeah. even with Adrian Brody's questionable uh, choices. <laughs> I am Samming it. And uh, yeah, full Sam. <laughs> like two years. It's like, man, we just did Sam like two years ago. Who's yeah crazy? Don't, you don't need to crazy. do Crazy. We left that behind. And uh, <laughs> so even with that, I actually liked the twist. Even with the like out of theater questions, like what? No airplane flew overhead of this place. Like even with that stuff, I thought the, the fake monsters were very good. I enjoyed the experience. Sure. Um, an ending does not, a bad ending does not need to ruin an entire movie for me that's 
That's silly. But you start to feel bad for a guy when but, it's like people are expecting a twist more than just more than just a watching film. this movie or just yeah. And it's a corner he kind of backed himself in, and a corner he's kind of had some fun with. Mm-hmm. And but it was pretty much from the village all the way to the visit. Mm-hmm. Once he went those V the V ones like the visit, man, I liked. I saw that in the theater. I was into it. Yeah, that's a I found did. footage movie he did. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really well done. The it's way actually they kinda, do it. Uh, it is a bit scary. I remember. I being think like, it is scary. This is actually a good. Scary it is PG thirteen. It mm-hmm. did have the teens. Sure. Uh, I know he he works with kids a lot. He a loves lot. That. And he's pretty good at it. He's pretty good at yeah. at, uh, at getting the some good scares. He got, out of he it. got maybe the all time best child performance like <laughs> sure. of all time in the Sixth Sense. Man, like, team him up with Tremblay. Oh boy, the current the master. But yeah, yeah. so the visit was great, but you know the the superhero his weird universe of glass and all that yeah, and yeah. split. I saw them; they were fine. It it felt like a different direction, and that felt kind of fresh. But I was stupidly too excited for old because <laughs> it was, was it felt like him excited, getting yeah. back to straight up horror. Yeah, and I was. I was excited for that. But it, yeah, old also right off the bat feels like it's going to be something like that really reaches for the fences, like the happening or the village, like something where he's really going to test the water. You know, because mm-hmm. it almost feels like the visit and the glass stuff, the split stuff, not safe, but like knowing like an audience will react to this or that. Like, whereas the happening, yeah, it's like the premise is so out there <laughs> that you really have to trust the audience. The visit had a, on that ride. a, a nice, simple premise and a nice, sure. simple twist. The twist in the, in the visit felt much more like a twist in a scary stories to tell in the dark mm. or a RL Stein kind of twist. And those are good. Those are fun. And it nailed it. And the uh, so old w- did feel more like this is dark horror. This is mm. this is scary horror. Uh, just from I don't pay attention to trailers, but I heard a lot of screaming and panic <laughs> when this trailer was played for right, a while. Right. So I went in really excited. Were were you similarly excited? Very excited. Look, I ignored very, very, the reviews. I don't know. I uh, uh, I did not look those up, which might be a mistake well, sometimes. Like what I was, what we kind of said ten minutes ago. Like I was, so, I'm so ready to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm so ready to give Shyamalan like all the advantages of like <laughs> I've liked your stuff, dude. I yeah, want to like, I want to like. You've this made movie. it this. Far. You're, you've I'm been paying, around for 25 years. I'm paying for this. I'm not going in cynical, going like, what this guy gonna do now? I'm like, I want to believe, right? Yeah. I want that. I want to. I want to be taken there. Return of the King kind of shit. Like, give Hell me. Yeah. Show me what you can do. I mean, we kind of end up getting some Return <laughs> well, of the we, King kind of all shit. the bad parts. But, but yeah, I want to be taken there, man. The visit got some good reactions. The visit I saw with a pretty full crowd. Mm. You mentioned signs, man. We got to do an episode on signs just because I will never talk shit about that movie. Whatever people think now, no. In two thousand, yeah. in a sold out theater. Like opening weekend to see that movie, we believe, man. All those people there that that movie got one of the best live crowd reactions I've ever been in the middle of. One of my yeah top five all time yeah, theater, and I will always love it for that. And so when the visit was getting those same kind of you know you hear teens making mm-hmm. these like Ooh, like kind of reactions, <laughs> I'm like like oh this is the good shit. Like he's getting back into it. So once I knew this was like an adult 
horror movie. Right. You know, PG-13, PG- but... Yeah, still 13. Thematic. Well, and then we get to the theater. We get great seats in row D. Oh, yeah. But the theater fills up mm-hmm. for a Wednesday. Yes. So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, we're getting the full we're Shyamalan full theater, theater sh- experience. I got more excited for We're going to get reactions. We're going to get everyone into it. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I think everyone died about 10 minutes into the movie because I didn't hear a fucking peep. I didn't hear a peep. fucking sound in this movie. I didn't this, hear a fucking peep this in that theater. This movie from, except was... Except crew. No, dude. This movie was a quieter theater than fucking A Quiet Place 2. <laughs> people were so noisy in A Quiet Place 2. And people must have all... There might have been a gas leak in old. <laughs> Man, it was a silent theater. The we were just there. lower. We're below <laughs> yeah. it. The whole... Because a lot of those... We were we usually sit down front, like in the lowest level on the upper, you know. So we're like, you guys know what we're talking that about. Fireworks view yeah, this movie, right? The kind recliner of seats, yeah. Not not crane your neck up, but you know, the, boom. And right the there rows in the behind us filled up pretty good. It was uh, it was a strongly filled show. And we had a nice little six man crew there. Yeah, it was a g- excited for old. Yeah, and man, right out of the, I did not know, but this apparently establishes it. Directors introduce their movies now. Guys. It happened again. Maybe my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> it happened again. Was when M. Night in his little tweed blazer Why shows up to, to welcome us to his movie. Him and the Krasinski are dressed like these little 13-year-old <laughs> honor school students. Yes. And I don't understand it. Is this building to a weird fucking meta, like strange, different... It's like, is this a PR thing? Like a weird viral marketing for a weird horror movie? It's just... But it's so like naive and like like simple. Yeah, it's man. Just, it, it, felt, it feels... It's just M. Night just like, Hi, I'm M. Night Shyamalan. Thanks it's, for coming back to the movie theaters, because otherwise I'd be fucked. <laughs> it's them really plaintively talking about just like vague magic of cinema stuff, right. and so a lot of it has this odd, thin, uh, held hostage feel to it. And they're just like, "Here, wear these man clothes." And it's like, <laughs> I never wear sweater vests. I have to do what? They're just in front of some burgundy backdrop, like a, <laughs> like your kid's photo shoot. It's so weird. But like, it sucks so bad. Also, then M Night goes on in this little movie intro about like, all I've ever wanted to do in my life is to share stories through the power of cinema. Yeah. Hey, guess what? If the movie coming after that statement is old, oof. This is the story. This you, is the you tale. You might need to rethink that dude, plan, dude. This is the tale. This is the kind of great thing about like the movie doesn't hold up <laughs> to the explanation of why I like making movies. Is it really <laughs> is like a when you hear Wes Anderson getting like really overly white guy poetic about the thrill of making art in cinema. If you watch Wes Anderson, it's like all right, this is somebody's vision, right? You know, He's this is a white got... vision, but this guy definitely has a thing, and he is seeing it through. Mm-hmm. If you give this... I, <laughs> this is kind of why I love movies, too, though, is some guy cranking out absolute dog s <laughs> is like, when I think of the power of cinema <laughs> exactly. and what that means to me as a filmmaker... <laughs> I just want to tell stories through the art of image and sound. And then it's like, what also, story gonna, do you want to tell, M. Night? I'm going to show you the what if people get old fucking movie in the world. <laughs> what if people, ta ta, age, but quick? Yeah. Oh my god. It feels unfair in this COVID year to say this is the worst movie I've seen this year. 
Because it's not. I enjoyed a lot of pieces of it. But again, did I enjoy it or did I want to enjoy it was so just... much oh my God. that I was like, okay, the acting's not great, but I'm enjoying you it. Know, okay, the dialogue's the shit, dialogues. but I'm enjoying <laughs> yeah. it. If okay, you don't count... The baby the... died, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> if you don't hold the acting against it, and if you don't hold the runtime against it, if you don't hold the story or you, the dialogue against it, if you don't hold the choice of composition against it, if you don't hold the, if you don't hold the location and yeah, if, soundtrack. No, if you don't really hold any of that against it, you have you know like a, there's like a movie there. It's a story, and it's a good thing when people make movies. Hey, you did it. <laughs> you did it. You got some of the top Hollywood talent. Working today, you all got them to get and old. You gave them probably their worst performances of their careers, <laughs> collectively. You did it. This really Gail Garcia Bernal delivers oh. the absolute worst performance <laughs> of an acclaimed, celebrated career on screen. So it's not bad. even close. It's not even close. It is He's the so worst. Bad. Like he doesn't even know the words that he is saying. It's true. It's insane. Rufus Sewell, <laughs> one of my literal favorite actors since Dark City. Oh, yeah. Is totally. I, I didn't even realize that was him. I know. For like 20 minutes, I was like, oh, that's Rufus Sewell because he's so but, fucking bland. <laughs> it wasn't because like him. he's such a chameleon who's really disguised himself. It's more that he just blanded himself but then you you kind of notice him because like, then he oh, goes i thought that was a chair the whole time that's actually he goes Rufus full Sewell. on like uh unhinged ben kingsley though for the last hour of the movie up until that point i just thought he was you know a, a tan guy with an accent yeah an absolutely. olive complexioned uh it really you know. it was not until yeah about halfway through the movie where i was like oh that's the guy that i've loved for literally 20 years right that's that actor I love and bring up and talk about. Unbelievable. I, I really was excited when I saw the gal from The Phantom Thread was in it. Yes. Like, oh, cool. She has a face that I really, I love her uh, her profile. She's the main. Uh, She's the main. Vicky Creeps. Vicky Creeps, Creeps, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I loved her in Phantom Thread. Or, again, as my dad called it, the weird guy. <laughs> I bet your dad lo- would love old. That's my favorite joke. <laughs> I'm guy. never going to say a joke as funny. That's my favorite. The weird guy. I, I, I hear that in Norm MacDonald's voice for some reason. Yeah, just like, he otherwise it. known the as funniest the thing weird ever. guy. And so. That's great. Once I saw it had oh, the gal I, from. I want to hear what your dad the, thinks this movie's called. <laughs> once it had the gal from the weird guy in it, I was, I was very excited. And old. I don't think nails a single beat in its entire runtime. I don't think it gets right. anything right. I think it scores a high C plus in every minute, but never gets above that. Oh my gosh! It like I probably couldn't make a movie the, quite as well as that because I wouldn't know how to. If direct this movie came out when but. at the height of like, if this movie came out right after the happening, every critic's cut line would be like well i definitely got older watching old <laughs> everybody would be rushing to the teletype to get that on their byline it only feels like a lifetime yeah man i mean th- everybody would be competing for the the best one but now that we're in the like hey man he's given us 
gave us signs. He, he seems like such you a know? nice guy, seems too. Like, yeah. I almost feel like that's part of the reason why they do the whole introduction, because he's like, A, he really does kind of seem like a 12-year-old boy, yeah. especially when you see the young boy in this movie oh, who yeah. looks like basically white Shyamalan. And also when you see M. Night Shyamalan giving himself his most prominent character in any uh, of his movies you know what i'm gonna be the guy that drives them to the beach to tell the story and then just keeps poking his head up like spaghetti like behind a bunch of bushes for the whole movie where you can clearly see it's m night Shyamalan. yeah it's always the worst it's always he it's never there's never another indian guy on the squad <laughs> <laughs> in any of his movies this is some where, it's where, always him where was this supposed to take place because that it's, was a question it's some coastal costa rican type yeah location right right staffed entirely by white people except right. Shyamalan. except Shyamalan. which is always t- which feels like a cruise ship commercial where it's like white people setting towels out on a deck chair and you're like mm, yeah i don't, I don't <laughs> think so yeah right right <laughs> but yeah Everything that could possibly take you out of the movie does. The The way you set up a character is you have a child go around and go, what's your name and what do you do? What's your name and what do you do? Yeah. What's your name and what do you do? We got a lot of I'm kids. I'm Jaren. <laughs> Jaren? I'm a nurse. My name is Jaren. Jaren is, I got to say. No, you got to Jer- listen up. Jaren. My All name right. is Jaren. In. Jared got me through some big stretches. Of Kevin this. Lung as Jared is actually one of my favorite this is a, character actors. This is a rough cast. Man. Jesus. This is a rough group of people. This really, this is kind of the beauty of seeing escape room and now old because <laughs> both of these movies, these are the are you know, the movies are back. These feel like straight to video movies from 95, 96 era, right. straight to video. I mean, this feels like the most straight to video movie I've seen, and I've saw I saw Murder in the Woods, which is pretty much a straight to video yeah yeah movie. Oh yeah, this is the kind of thing that you would see done as a cheap three million dollar eye catching. Yo, know, you'd picture this drawn makeup of a guy getting crazy old, like in you know Raiders of the Lost Ark or something, mm-hmm. and then the movie wouldn't deliver that. Just like <laughs> this movie really doesn't do any of that, and it. This is a straight-to-video movie, but it's a huge Hollywood movie. There's a weird kind of like, uh, yeah, ever since movies went away and then came back, there's this weird like parallel dimension feeling to all of these movies. Yes. And the ones that came out like on Amazon Prime instead of the movies, like The Tomorrow War. Right. Like, isn't that just a different dimensions version of Guardians of the Galaxy? Or isn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's like old, isn't, that seems like a fan fiction version of an M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> movie. This feels... You know what I mean? This feels, again, very uh, straight-to-video, very cheap. Yeah. And without a lot of the charms of the same era of straight-to-video movies. So it's getting the worst of both worlds and really does the least with the cast. And the premise is, turns out, very thin. <laughs> yeah. When just from hearing the trailer, you can told, oh, people are aging faster than they uh, than they want to be, and then that's that's the movie, that's it. That's all that. That happens. is it. That is it. Uh, it's yeah. a beach, and the and then uh, the rocks are magnetic. The rocks are weird. Some weird shit with the rocks. Uh huh. Weird rocks that makes people age. And yeah, and that tw- happens. The twist is yeah, the people are sending them there on purpose. Ex- for whatever, for a whole reason, I don't... It's like, yeah. Why even bother, right? So the the thing, though, that a straight-to-video movie would have done 
is actually age the people. <laughs> what? <laughs> these, right? These people had amazing genes to age insane. 10 years without looking a bit different. I did Except not understand kids, right? any of the aging timelines of any of it. It didn't work at all. I didn't right? understand it because none of the principal actors looked like like maybe uh, uh, <laughs> Rufus Sewell got a little like gray around the temples. But I was like, yeah, but he, it, didn't he have that? Didn't he have that kind of fashion like Paulie on The Sopranos? Kind of already like, was that. I think he already way. had that. Yeah. Do uh, Gabriel Garcia? He looked the same. He, they, it's like they gave him the little bit of like crow's feet at the end. A little like bit. Like at the very <laughs> end when he's already supposed to be like 90 years and old. And other people have just aged out. Other people have just gone on. Although I do remember this great shot early on of this fun grandma like running on a beach with kids. And me just going under my breath going, you're first. <laughs> well, when they bring the <laughs> We're dog. for you, lady. When they bring the dog to the beach, I was like, that dog ain't lasting too <laughs> yeah, long. Yeah, this is going to be Not tough. Not dog years, bro. So yeah, I guess the big question was. How fast is the aging going to happen? But we on, the only people that aged are the kids. Because mm-hmm. they then, grow up. And then he took a lot of really odd kids' directions, and that ended up eating up a ton of screen time. Mm. The bulk of our story was the one girl who was, what, like 11? This weird kind of odd cutting class style running gag of this girl being squeezed into tinier and tinier <laughs> bathing suits. And like, it's this, if Larry Clark made this movie where he's like, okay, so the only character that really gets old is the girl. And we keep giving her a bigger, bigger <laughs> ass every time she ages. And the swimsuit keeps getting smaller. Yeah. Instead, Shyamalan somehow, that's weird. That was distractingly odd for a big 30-minute chunk of this movie. That was a strong focus point of the middle half of this. Mm -hmm. And the other half of it was the other two kids eventually, like, having sex. That was another big focus of this movie. Growing up, having sex. Just getting older and learning about their bodies on the beach. Becoming immediately pregnant. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, it's just like... What the hell are we doing, old... But, but it's like the only way that other people age is, yeah, either they go blind or deaf or crazy, but they don't actually, like, age in front of us. <laughs> and it's like, this is a major movie. We have the budget for makeup and effects. That's what felt... We could make them older. That's what felt, like, straight to video for me is because they... It's like they ran out of money for effects. Or just, like, did they not plan, like, what they were shooting that day? Like, I don't know how old you are in the scene, so just... <laughs> Right. Just act older. It really felt like a movie that was kind of thrown together during COVID. Yeah. Well, like a, it probably like was. they took it probably eight, was. eight actors and were like, all right, let's just let's go to the beach. A- you uh, stumble around like a blind guy. and uh, Well, we're going to have you all show up to this resort. And then, uh, shit, I forgot to have the guy playing mid-sized sedan show up at the resort. We, just I, put him on the beach. I don't think we've even mentioned mid-sized sedan Guys, yet. The, the best character in the movies this year, mid-sized sedan. It's the not rapper. a good character, but oh. a lot of people oh. have to say <laughs> say the name of- mid-sized sedan Come for on. a long stretch of movie. I like mid-sized sedan. Mr. Sedan, please. Was his, That was his surname, sedan. Yeah, I, but, but I don't think anybody ever shortened it. I think everybody called him mid-sized sedan. Well, yeah. And <laughs> it, was, it was touches like that, though, that made this feel like a parody. Yeah. Like... 
Really, the rapper's mm-hmm. name is mid-sized sedan instead of little whatever. Yeah. Or you know, it's just like there were so many of those things. Felt like it was making fun of itself. But, yeah. But it never. But then it never went sedan anywhere. Like the most real dude in the movie, <laughs> who's like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing here. Well, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I didn't do nothing. You know, it it feels like it's gonna go Lord of the Flies, right? And it doesn't go anywhere remotely. Close to any of that. It never gives you that. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't do anything like that. People just get old and kind of start stumbling slowly around an island. Well, then an hour of the movie is them trying to get off the beach. Yeah, which is like, well, we can't go this way because you black out. Well, we can't climb the rock because you fall off the rock because we we can't swim. It's like they tried every. Yeah, it was just like, is this is this all you? They, are you writing? Of, the, are you writing the script? Going shit! I've only got seventy pages. Maybe they should try to go up the rock. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I'm at 85 pages. I need a little more. Maybe they should try to swim. I out. would say four different times in the movie, <laughs> a new scene happens by somebody like quietly venturing away from the group, and then a dead body floating up <laughs> into them in the surf. Right. That keeps happening for the whole movie. They keep finding another person dead, and it's one of those things where you find you just like. They finally all just accept that they're going to die on this beach. And you, as the moviegoer, realize that, like, oh, all right, they've accepted that. We can't be that much farther right. from the end. But then <laughs> they keep surprising me by being worse and worse in every way. Because then they give all these vapid characters these great, like, accepting their own mortality monologues. Mm-hmm. Except the thing, again, we watch a lot of... Uh, a lot of straight to VHS kind of flicks and yeah, yeah. some of the dialogue when you know when a movie's being padded out. When you just get these characters philosophizing and talk about like old actors they like and oh yeah, yeah really yeah. just going on. It's like, boy, we are padding some shit out. We are turning a 70 minute movie into an, you know, hour 45. You get Rufus Sewell talking about Missouri Breaks. Oh man. The Brando Nicholson 70s western for but, but, a huge section of the movie. But the way he does it is so unsatisfying because he just goes he's he's developing Alzheimer's or dementia and yeah. because he's getting old and he's just going <laughs> there was a movie with Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando in it, wasn't there? <laughs> what was the name of that movie? Yeah. And then but that was actually one of my favorite like running gags was this guy trying to remember some old movie. And they never tell you the name of the fucking movie. Yeah, you do. Well, I had to go look it up afterwards. So this movie had a couple things going for it that I um I kind of got lost in one of these moments where I found something so impossibly funny, and I was laughing hard <laughs> yeah. for a long stretch of two, three minutes maybe, and I couldn't tell how the other rest of the full theater was reacting. Was I was I in my own vacuum think, on the the rocks montage? I think we were the only people breathing in that theater. It I was think, such a cold house, man. I think forty five corpses showed yeah, up man. and watched old. Cold night at the cinema. Yeah, tough crowd. Tough crowd. It put it knocked them out quick. There was These like, people aged out of this movie. It was the kind of crowd where the people walked in with like the hoodies over their heads, and you're like, Ugh, and uh, so there, what's this, in that backpack, bro? <laughs> this we hit a point, but yeah. where everybody was talking about the rocks. You see M. Night Shyamalan up on the rocks. We got to look to the rocks to get out of here. What's the rocks? I've never seen What's these kind of rocks, rocks before. Yeah. People kept talking about these rocks. And <laughs> then it hit this gorgeous peak. This is the kind of brilliance we find in shot on video movies where 
like the slow motion scene in Sledgehammer. Mm. You know, one of those like pure, brilliant, dumb guy moments where we get this rocks montage. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, where yeah, we yeah. show the, the faces exposure. of everybody in the movie with the rocks double exposed over their face. So they're thinking about the rocks and then they're like showing us the rocks like that, it's a Sears portrait. That was a good spot. That was a good moment. Man, I lost. I like blacked out for three minutes. I was crying. So I was like so hard to breathe during yeah. this rocks montage. And they kept talking about just like the rocks. And I kept losing. It's like they can't be doing this on accident. They had a fucking rocks montage. Just slow pan shots of the rocks. Yeah. And then as all these dumb characters kept getting these like unpoetic like bad last words everybody had bad final words the one uh super uh uh you know plastic blonde yes she starts talking about her true love because oh she's rufus sewell's like trophy wife this is another where i was like this is a parody right yeah this, this is, is a, a fake this movie is a joke right she talks about her former love giuseppe and so she tells this long story about a guy named giuseppe in the middle of this super serious Just- movie just, just drops the name giuseppe in the middle of a horror movie like several times that's a guy's name but then she just dumps on giuseppe for her whole monologue she's like talks about how if she would have married for love it would have been giuseppe he had nothing to offer it's like damn that is a messed yeah. up thing to say about a guy who you didn't pick already there are so many moments of dialogue like that though like the <sighs> the one where uh yeah the, that same blonde is like in the beginning, she's like, I have a calcium deficiency. Yeah. And then halfway through the movie, when she's getting old, she's getting a hump on her back. And she's like, I need my calcium. Yeah. <laughs> I need my calcium. You kept expecting it to break into an outright comedy like society. Yeah. In It never went for any of these interesting, more fun straight to video options. It just went for the cheap psychological terror that it couldn't pay off. And our main character, this, is, this part was the most What about that hot charisma between... Roof between uh, Garcia and uh, the gal from the weird guy. Well, yeah, I was gonna say that when Ugh, the, the gal a... from the weird guy has potentially the coolest scene in the movie where she has a tumor growing yeah. fast because she's getting old, right? And they have to uh, the I kind of like the part where the aging effects could be. Uh... I kind of like the aging effect where a, a wound heals quickly as mm-hmm. if you're aging. Sure. That was kind of cool. But she's developing this tumor, and they're like, oh, it's the size of a golf ball. And then the next guy comes over, that's the size of a softball. <laughs> and the next guy comes over, that's the size of a cantaloupe. <laughs> and so they eventually remove this tumor. Never show you the tumor, by the way. You see a brief, slimy I'd uh, love to thing. see more. I want to see the tumor brief. age. Yeah. And then she heals and wakes up. She's like, I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, man. Like, you straight up wrote this over a weekend, didn't you? Oh, my God. But, yeah, some of this acting, it, it is, like, the worst acting you've ever seen from good actors you've seen. Yeah. And uh, Bernal, especially, he, these kids are now, like, in their mid-20s. And it's just like, what's happening to mommy? And he's like, uh, go play down on the beach. <laughs> I need you guys to play on the beach, okay? It's such a bad mix of everything. These people are all terrible at these parts. And Shyamalan keeps uh, just popping up over bushes in the distance, and it's so bad. Well, that's why it feels like... It feels like like we were in there for so long. It feels like, again, like like you said, they threw it together for COVID because 
there was no second takes. Like, yeah, this man. was every first take. They just yes. went with it. Yeah. Like, there's no room for these actors to, like, do anything deeper with the not great dialogue they're we given. Just, I just get the sense that they were just like, we got three days on this beach. Go. We just talked about how it became so trendy to just slam M. Night Shyamalan and just crap all over his stuff. And I am watching this. And it felt like my nightmare escape room scenario. Just watching old and just being like already coming in with like, maybe everything is an escape room. And then just fe- <laughs> old feels just old feels just like a prank. Yeah. Old feels like such a trick. It feels like not a real movie. These people, uh, the, none of this had, this can't be accidental. You don't just not age most of your actors in the movie about aging and then throwing on the old 1950s level 20 minute prologue of them explaining in detail exactly the plot of the movie not just the twist it's just more of a long explanation mm-hmm. a long yeah. explanation of uh what they're doing out here at this crazy beach like so spoiler alert the two kids who grow up to be like 50 survive we see them swimming towards coral that they think they can escape through. Yeah. Then, then we go to a cliffhanger of them like caught in the coral and they're drowning. They're underwater and for like, like five minutes. And they're man. like, oh no, what's going to happen? Cut to back to the resort. Then we see the kids are at the resort and they let yeah. everyone know. Then we go back to the water. Back in. Where we see them survive, which we know they survived because <laughs> we just saw them at the resort. <laughs> So we have to. They like, did a weird like. What are we doing? Ten minute jump forward with a five minute and then, flashback, and then jump five back, <laughs> yeah. so you can watch up to that ten again. Yeah. And then we get like even extra little like extra scene where it's like, yeah, everyone gets what's going like, on we here. Just, we just edit it accidentally out of order. And it's like, oh, it's that another Shyamalan twist. But there was just so many choices. There were so many choices of like. Let's shoot the back of everyone's head for this scene. Well, that's so. The, so, so how the, do you not show the anybody of the aging? Right. That's why they didn't show anybody aging. They just shot all these back of head shots. It felt so cheap. But guess what? That's not good cinema. No, I'm back saying, of people's heads is not good cinema. I'm saying that's why it feels like a straight to video movie because they took so many cheap shortcuts. Shyamalan gets on camera and says, "I've always wanted to tell stories through cinema," and then doesn't do a good job of telling a story it through does, cinema. It's not, it's I'm not, sorry. It's I not wanted, one of his best. I wanted to like it's this not movie. one of his best. I, I wasn't this angry about old an what's, hour ago, but now I am. What's annoying is the <laughs> fact it's the smugness that's still there because you know this guy is coming in at a different angle than the guy that made Night Feeder or the guy that makes Cards of Death. Right. You know, he thinks he's making art. He thinks if he thinks he's making art. No, it's those kind of achievements in a movie like that where you're like, man, you guys made a movie. (laughs) This guy is making, he's going to make good money with this movie. But man, that was a, you cannot deny the quiet crowd. You cannot. It was so quiet. What he took from us by not admitting how (laughs) shitty this movie is and just releasing it as some awful, pulpy, garbagey kind of flick. If this was released in 1988, it would have a sick animated cover, like a cool tagline, like the popcorn box, you right. know. And it would be called something cool like Life's a Beach. And not, and not old. Old. Well, it's based on a uh, graphic novel that was called Sandcastle. Okay. Even that's a better title. Yeah. Just old. Much better than old. Yeah. 
Man, it can't, uh, what a what a drag. You you took your pregnant wife <laughs> to well, this on. movie. Hold on now. <laughs> Katie is due any week now. Any week, I was like, honey, we, we dragged her to the new got, Shyamalan. I said, the movies are back. We the gotta movies go, are back. We got to go to the movies. She's like, I want to go see a good movie. I was like, I got the perfect film. I got an established director with it's, a new piece out. He's very excited about it. Shyamalan, what does that do for you? Oh, my God. And she was, she was, she was, you know, she enjoyed, I, I don't know if she enjoyed it. <laughs> enjoyed's the wrong word. She, for she old. wasn't mean to me afterwards or anything, but yeah, she what did, a... she did lean over after the movie was over and just went, I'm picking the next one. So <laughs> this is, uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe that's, yeah, it's like Shyamalan, you're fucking with my reputation I think now. Ev- I think every decade, I think he just needs to be smacked around a little bit by the critics. And I think we need to stop messing around. <laughs> we need to be a little meaner again. And then he'll exactly. kind of snap back for a couple, and it'll be good. He'll he'll come back with a different take on something, and Ugh, his guess. take on Beach is not his hottest. Not a hot take. It came to this. It, 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 came, it came to this. I'm, I feel like I got something out you, of my yeah, system. You worked it out. Sorry. You exercised. I was a little, uh, like I said, I wasn't feeling this an hour ago, but then the more I think about Charlie, this movie, the more I'm just like, a, I don't want to grow old. So this should have been it should have been scary. a terrifying yeah, movie. Yeah, man. This should have been a really deep meditation on we only have so much time. You yes. think you got all the time in the world, but you don't. You don't. What if you don't? What if, had very- what if you die today? What would you do? And this movie just doesn't even bother to go there. It didn't approach any of those things. It could approach the the beauty of uh, of your experiences and how, how cruel that is to watch it in accelerated real time be taken away from you it hardly got into any of the powers of acceptance and loss didn't touch it or it could have gone a full screaming horror aspect of it pussyfooted away from that too yeah probably to keep a pg-13 i don't know but it just felt like it kept making the weakest Mm. most boring choices real bummer it's crazy that we're like telling people to go see the escape room sequel I would, instead of the with Shyamalan. no second thought, no second thought they should see Escape Room Tournament of Champions before <laughs> old, no doubt about it. There you go. Came to that. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you for listening, guys. Good night.